Hey guys, man, I am excited. Um, okay, so we are in a series right now that um, is uh, is called Tuned In, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this because I believe that if you connect with this topic, that means that you are growing and thriving as a son and daughter of God, because any Christian that is hearing God's voice is in a good spot. It's when you, you can't hear anymore that you really have to change the status of your relationship. It's like if, you, if you're not hearing what's going on in your, if there's not good communication in any relationship, you have to uh, make sure that you're right. Uh, but my objective is that God, last week we read the verse uh, out, of, out of John chapter 10 where Jesus said that my sheep know me and they know my voice. Um, and we talked about what it sounds like to uh, recognize a language. Um, and we had heard about, um, uh, just what can you, can anyone here identify, uh, music and can you, do you know what a key sounds like? And most people were like, nah, probably not. You know, and can you hear, identify the key of G if you heard it? And most people, um, couldn't. Um, and the reality is, is that you can hear God's voice. Jesus said, my sheep know me and they know my voice. This is the difference of someone who goes to church and someone who has relationship with God. Someone who goes to church and has relationship with God. That's what we're trying to change here. So we want people to know God here. That's why we're meeting. We want to know God. We want to experience him. We want to have relationship with him. So can you hear God's voice? Last week we talked about when God says come. That's the first word that God is going to say to all of us is come here. And it should be one word that you recognize most often in your life. God say, come, 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 come. He loves you. He wants to have relationship with you. That is what God is doing in our life. And so I'm praying for you that you would recognize when God says, come, come. If he's saying that to you, that's a good thing. That's it's not bad. It's good. He likes you then. <laughs> what you don't want is go away, uh, right? That's, that's, God doesn't say that. So anyways, um, here we go. Um, so in this series, I, I wanted to, we're, we're moving today to a whole new uh, topic. And uh, last week is when God calls your name. And uh, this week we're going to talk about when, uh, something different. I'm going to read you a story really quick. I'm asking her to play one key over and over again, which is kind of weird because normally you hear like it, it switched to a different chord. I'm asking her just to play one key because I want you to recognize when the key changes, okay? Because what we want to get to the point is where we recognize when God is speaking one thing over to us, over and over and over. <laughs> when it changes, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. It's uh. Here we go. Okay, cool. So I'm going to read to you a, a, a pretty cool story and one that um, you may be familiar with about someone who wanted to hear God's voice very badly. The story is about a man named Elijah. And, and the word of the Lord came to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant and broken down your altars and have put the prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. That would be pretty hardcore. And the Lord said, go and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountain and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. 
You notice the difference? The Lord was not in the wind. And I think that that's important that you understand this. And then the wind, then there was a great earthquake and the Lord was not in the earthquake. And then there was an earthquake and came after the fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And the voice of the Lord said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Thank you. Very good, very good, very good. The purpose of this illustration is um, if I can get you to understand something that God is saying and you begin to look for it and you look for it and you look for it and you look for it, you could begin to understand when God is saying something different. Now, in our life, why would we, why is it important for us to hear God's voice? I feel like that's Really important scenario because I don't know where you are in your relationship with God. Some of you are, are still trying to get the religion aspect down. And, and please understand, like, religion doesn't do anything for you. God made you to have a relationship with you. And so uh, well, the reason why I want to hear God's voice is because Jesus died for me. And I want to live for him. That's, that's it. I, I, hey, I'm so grateful for everything that he's done. He gave his life for me, and I'm giving my life to him. And so I, I need to hear his voice because I want to know what he wants from me. I want to know what's good for my life. I need to hear God speak to me on a daily basis about a lot of things. And some people have checked out of that season of life where they have maybe graduated from feeling like they need to hear God's voice. But I, I think that that actually can be dangerous Jesus would call a sheep. If a sheep doesn't know the voice of his shepherd, he's going to wander. And I think sons and daughters of God can wander when we stop recognizing the voice of our Savior. I think in a marriage, a marriage can wander. If, if communication stops in a relationship, we had a marriage workshop here yesterday, and for th two and a half hours, they talked about communication. It was the only thing we talked about. And I was like, man, I feel like I got this, but and then we try to work a skill and I realized I don't have this. I'm the problem in this thing. And, uh, and so uh, communication is essential in any relationship. Learning to hear God's voice will determine whether or not your relationship is flourishing. And if you are like me and you're growing and you're saying, look, I want to know God and I want to pursue God and I want my life to, I want to live my life for Jesus, then you have to understand that it's essential that God is speaking in your relationship with him. And the first thing God is going to say is come. And I believe the next thing that God is going to say to you is it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. Man, and I can see this in so many different arenas. Why is it important that communication happens and someone would say it's good? You may have a boss, and what determines someone that's a good boss from a bad boss is someone that is in a relationship with you and doesn't tell you what they like. Here, here's the job, go ahead and do the job. And after a while, you're doing the job and you're doing the job right. Well, if there's something that they want to make better, they'll tell you about the things that you're doing that's good, and they'll tell you the things that they want you to do that they like. Because if you're doing the things that they like, now you can be rewarded. Do you know what is good at your job? What your boss is looking for you to do? And the more you're doing these things, the better you're doing at your job. And there are other little nuances that maybe we're not doing. 
It's the same way in the relationship with the Lord. It's the same way in the relationship with any human. When we enter into a new relationship, we have to know what it is they like. Now, here's what we know. We know that in order to enter into a relationship with Jesus, we have to be born again. Jesus said that if you're going to enter the kingdom of heaven, you have to enter like a, like a small child. Okay? Jesus would say, what's born of the spirit is spirit. What's born of the flesh is flesh. You must be born again. You must be born of the spirit. This is what happens when you're water baptized. This is what happens when the spirit of God enters your life. You are born of the spirit. Now, here's, please watch this. As any parent that would have a child, or when you were a child, because everyone at this point, someone we can all relate, you may not have children, but you are all once a child, you all begin to learn first, your parents say to you, come here, come here. That was the first thing that, that, that you learned from your parent. The next thing that you learned was what was good. It was good, what some touch was good. Um, some, some foods were good. There were some things that you may not have liked, but your parents were trying to tell you again and again, it's good for you to eat this. It's good for you to eat this. I remember the first time that uh, someone that was not a family member introduced sugar to my kids, to Micah's diet and his eyes perked up and he was all excited. And we were like, Oh no, this is terrible because that is not good. What is good is that he would eat peas and uh, all of the garbanzo beans that we would feed him. And like, but it was good for his development. And he liked them. And when he was introduced to something that was actually not going to be good for his development, it was bad. Does that make sense? And so your parents were always trying to say, no, this is what you should eat. And this is good for you. 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 And I believe that we're entering into a relationship with God where God is trying to define for us what is good. And when we see that, we have the option of doing it more and bettering the relationship. In my relationship with my spouse or even with my children, when I learn what they love, I do that more. Or I act selfishly and I do what I want and they do what I want. But if we want to make the relationship better, we do what they want. Does that make sense? Okay, good. Here we go. All right. So I want to show you first uh, in, in the very first book of the Bible, God is speaking to us and he is telling us what is good in the Bible. This is God's first sentences on earth. Let me show you here in Genesis chapter one. <clears throat> then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. Can we all say it was good? So when you see was good on here, would you repeat it after me? We'll, we'll underline it for you, okay? Here we go. And then the, the very next one. Uh, and then God saw, said, let um, so, and then the land produced vegetation, all sorts of seed-bearing plants, trees, seed-bearing fruit. The seeds produced plants, the plants uh, 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 and trees, the same kind. And God saw that it was good. He made plants. It's good. And, um, and then God saw these lights in the sky and to light the earth to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was 
Good. Here we go. Okay. And so God created great sea creatures and every little thing that scurries and swarms on the water and every sort of bird and each producing offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was Good. Uh, and God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, small animals, and each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Uh, and so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And uh, then God said, look, I have given you every seed-bearing plant through the earth and all of the fruit trees for your food. He's giving this for you. And, and then I, I have given, uh, yes, I have given every green plant as food and all of the wild animals, the birds of the sky and small animals that scurry on the ground and everything uh, that has life. And that is what happened. God looked over all that he had made and he saw that it was very very good. And, uh, and, and evening passed and the good morning came marking the sixth day. I'm not trying to tell you that you're doing good or that you're doing very good. I'm just repeating what you <laughs> and so the evening passed and the morning came marking the sixth day. Um, the Lord planted, this is the next chapter. He, he planted uh, a garden in the Eden of East and there he placed man that he made in the garden. Um, and the Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. And in the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, uh, I, I, um, and so the Lord God placed man in the garden to tend it and to watch over it. I want you to know uh, that there are a lot of things on this earth that is around you on a daily basis that God considers good, just like a parent would. And now what's important for us to do is that we have the option of like a now a small child, we have all become like children. We have the option of growing and growing healthy or growing not so healthy. And, uh, and so we had a chance to go overseas and it's crazy when you can see people that, um, that aren't growing healthy. And, uh, and you, we want to develop in a healthy way. And so there's things that you have to get in your diet and things that you want to get in your lifestyle if, in fact, you're going to encourage this spirit relationship to grow. You have to know God's voice. You have to know what he thinks is good. And we have to find a way to replicate these things more often. So I believe the first thing that God is going to say to you is, come here. I want to have a relationship with you. And I believe that God is saying this to us multiple times a day. And when we're actually having this relationship, I believe that most of us will leave that time, that moment that we had with God, and we'll get a sense that that was good. Wow. And already God is speaking to you. Good. Good that you came here. When I call you to come, you come and it's the very first thing that a baby's crying and a mom says, come here. And the baby comes up and the mom says, it's, it's, it's all good. It's all good now. And I, I want you to know that's the next thing that God is going to say to you is it's, it's good. Thanks. Thanks for helping me. She agrees. And dad agrees when he's holding his little baby. Because that's mostly what God wants from you. Forget all the stuff. Come here. It's good. And so I was thinking about some things in our life. What does God think is good in our life that's around us? Well, as I looked through Genesis, I could see multiple things that God said was good um, and multiple things that happened here. But what I love is that um, it's important for us to know 
right here at church, we have, we have some values that we said, hey, look, these are, these are important to us. Uh, and we believe that they're important for us for our development in Christ. And uh, I didn't realize this when we made them, that I think that they'd be critical in every walk of life all the time. And so as I'm reading Genesis, I'm actually seeing this unfold. Genesis chapter one, uh, when God, the, the very first thing that happens is the spirit of God hovered over the face of the earth. There was God right there in the beginning. And, uh, and I want you to know when God says come, his objective is to give you his spirit. Jesus said, I must go away so my spirit can come. Now, what's important is that you have to understand is that it, it, how do, what do we know was good? What's good is when you're cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now, please understand what God is trying to do is put his spirit in your life. Let me show you Romans chapter eight. God would say this. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. He's, he's looking for, what, what happens is um, when we're singing, right? Let, let me show you. Uh, this is not an accord, okay? This is, this is what it looks like to not be on the same page. What should be happening is, is God's spirit and your spirit are harmonizing and you know, I'm a child of God. I've answered the call of God and God is in my life and we are on the same page. His spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's child. And this is, oh God, okay, you, you love me. I'm your child, okay. And it's the, one of the worst things that can happen is, and it happens in, to a lot of us is the enemy would come in and lie to us and say that we are not good. And we are not his children. And God does not love us. And at the very beginning, in the very origin, the very genesis of your relationship with God, he is saying, you are mine. I am yours. You are good because I made you good. And I don't care what you got going on. I'm saying you are. You got to get that. Because if come here, the very next thing he says is you're good. And what happens is, is that when we, if we sin or we do something wrong, we resist coming to God and we buy into the fact that we are not good. That's awful. Hmm. So here we go. I have to keep moving and it's pretty, 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 pretty good. Uh, the Bible says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Let me show you this verse here in, uh, in Th Thessalonians. He says, always rejoice. Uh, pray continually. He says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And he says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. I, I love this. Give thanks. Rejoice always. This is God's will. Give thanks. Rejoice always. This is God's will. Re give thanks. Rejoice always. Don't quit. Don't stop what God's doing in your life. Don't stop the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. Don't stop the whole of the, of, of the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. Don't stop the flow of the Holy Spirit in your life. But you know what's crazy is one of the things that I've seen most happen in our church today, in Lakeland, in Polk County, is that we have seen God move and do glorious things, but we are very resistant to the flow of the Holy Spirit. It's like we, are, we get nervous and we stop what God is doing and we quench it. And they would go on to talk about how prophecies are happening and we don't want to stop them. Let them happen. Listen, Romans chapter 8 would say this. 
In the same way, the Spirit of God, He helps in our weakness because we don't know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit of God, He intercedes Himself with wordless groans. He wants us to learn to pray in the Spirit. He who searches our hearts, He knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. One of the first things I want you to know is good is God's Spirit living in you. You've got to know how to pray. And the problem is what this verse is telling me in Romans chapter 8 is we know not how to pray as we ought. You should know how to pray, but we don't. How many of you ever feel like you're not good at prayer? You can go ahead and raise your hand. Man, isn't that terrible? We've had a relationship with God for years and we don't know how to pray. Romans is saying this, and what he's saying the help is, it's the Holy Spirit. Some of you have the gift of tongues. Please use the gift of tongues. It's a gift for your prayer language. The gift of tongues is not supposed to be weird. In fact, there are chapters set up about the gift of tongues becoming weird and you not doing it. Don't make it weird. Use it on your own. It's a prayer language. Do it alone. Pray. He says, like, I, I, I need you to pray in the Holy Spirit. Paul said, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than any of you guys. That's our apostle. He's saying, look, if you don't know how to pray, pray in the Holy Spirit. God is giving you a gift. There's a gift in your life. It's the Holy Spirit. You have to follow the Spirit's leading in your life, in your prayer closet, when you're with people. God is leading you and nudging you to change the radio station and put on the Joy FM. Super Christian stuff right there, you know? And uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just I'm being jazzy. But I mean, like, the Spirit of God is going to lead you to turn off your talk radio or to turn off uh, whatever it is you got going on and tune in to what the Spirit of God is saying. And we have a lot of noise that's happening all around our life, and the Holy Spirit is trying to lead us. Now, please understand, you don't have to pray in tongues. I'm not telling you that. I am telling you you have to follow the Holy Spirit. I am telling you that none of us know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit leads us when we're praying. When, when I get into prayer, one of the first things that's important for me to do is ask God, what do we want to talk about today? And I let him put on my heart, you know, I want you to pray for Carlos, Tim. He's, he's in a rough situation right now. Then I want praying for Carlos. And when I'm done praying for Carlos, I know it because I feel like God tells me it is. And that's how I know I've had effective prayer because when I'm done, I feel like I've finished something. It's completed. I don't, I don't leave prayer feeling like frustrated or like, like something is wrong. When it's done, God says it's good. And I, please understand the first thing that God wants you to do is come. And the next thing he's going to say to you is it's good. So if you don't know how to pray, learn to understand that one of the things that the Lord wants, Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away so the Holy Spirit can come. The Holy Spirit is going to tell you that you're a son and daughter of God. The Holy Spirit is going to, he is all through the Holy, the, the, the New Testament, all through the Old Testament is the Spirit of God. He's a big deal in our life. We want to get on the same page with him. Does this make sense to anyone? Okay. I'm going to keep going. One thing that's important is the Spirit of God. Don't stop the Spirit's flow in your life. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. This is the will of God for you. I love that. This is the will of God for you. Don't, don't stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. That's powerful, man. Father, I believe that you're here right now, and I, I'm, I'm sensing you are even in this moment. And um, 
This is a sensitive subject for a lot of us because a lot of us feel like we don't know you and we don't hear your voice and we don't know how to slow down. So call us like you called Moses to the burning bush. Call us as we're driving to tune in. Tell us what to pray for. Tell us where to go. Tell us that you love us. Tell us what to say. Man, Lord, what we want is more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I, I believe the next thing that a parent will do uh, in teaching their kid what is good is, is oftentimes with food. Like that's, first thing is, is, is the relationship side. And that's why I was telling you like, if you wanna know if you're God's child or not, you gotta have the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? You'll know whether your mom and dad, every baby knows mom. Every baby knows mom. They know mom. You know God because of his spirit. The next thing that happened, first come, well, well, second is food. Moms are always saying, this is good for you. This is good for you. This is good for you. Sometimes food is sleep, right? Nope, you gotta lay down now. You gotta take a nap. You need your rest. You're a cranky baby when you don't have sleep. You need to lay down. You need to eat. This is good food for you. This is not good food for you. This is good. This is good. This is good. This is good. This is what a mom does is it teaches the child what is good to eat. Do you know what's good for you to eat? As I look here in Genesis, God is saying, look, I, I've, I've, I've created light. It's good for you. Got to get some sunlight every once in a while, guys. Got to go outside. And some of you work in a cubicle for like 80 hours a week. Get outside and see some daylight. Some of y'all are as white as can be. Y'all are some <laughs> white people, man. Go outside. Uh, get some light. God said it's good. Uh, that was a bad joke. I'm sorry. Um, the, and then the next thing that God is saying is, look, I'm giving you guys, uh, I, I've made plants for you. It's good for you to eat. I made fishes for you. It's good for you to eat. B cattle, birds. All of this I did was for you. That you would be the Lord of the garden. And that all of these things that I've made is for you to eat. Consumption is important. What are you eating? One of our values is the word of God. Let me take it right from my Savior's mouth. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Before you put it up there, Jesus is fasting for 40 days. He is not eating anything. He is literally starving. And the devil comes to him and says, hey man, eat something, bro. <laughs> Come on, you're God. You're hungry. You shouldn't be hungry like this. Eat something. And Jesus says, look, it is written that man shall not live on bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. You know what's good for you? God's word. It's so good for you. And if you're a spiritual child and you want to grow, you have to know what's good. And I can tell you right now, as, sure, I, as a prophet of God, when you read your Bible, God's telling you it is good. You feel good when you read the Bible. You know you've accomplished something that is godly for you to do. This is who we are trying to become. You, there is no way you get closer to God on your own ideas. 
This is how God says you will love me. This is, God says you will understand me when you read my word. You will know who I am when you read my word. You will know my will for your life. You will know my will. You will know who you are when you read my word. You will know what you can do when you read my word. You will know so much more about our relationship when you read my word. The number one way that God speaks to his people. It's already written. It's the number one way. Forget the prophetic. Forget the audible voice of God. Forget through your pastor. I know he's like super anointed. But listen, (laughs) God's word for you right here. And if you want to grow in this relationship, which I believe that we are a people of God that are hungry to know Jesus, hungry to know and want to develop in this relationship, right here. Man shall not live on bread alone. And many of us, we eat three times a day. Uh, many of us eat four, five times a day. We see those chocolate chip cookies and we're going to stroll on five. I'm just going to grab me one, you know, and I'm adding that to my diet today. We don't stop eating, but there is something that God wants us to eat more often. And I'm telling you, this is good. A mom would say, this is good for you to eat, kid. Here, have a banana. Don't eat cookies. It's going to be bad for all of us. None of you are allergic to this, I promise. It may not be easy for you to understand. Then do smaller doses. If you don't get it yet, stick to the words in red. Don't go to Leviticus. Stay out of Genesis. Stay out of Exodus. Stick to the words in red. Learn this first. Learn Jesus Then learn that Jesus is alive everywhere in this book, okay? Smaller doses. That's how you started as a spiritual babe, right? Little bit of doses. We would do four ounces at first uh, when we were human beings born. The next thing I believe that God loves is relationships. I see this in God's word, even in the book of Genesis. God says, this is good. This is good. This is good. This is good. And then he looks at Adam and he goes, oh man, verse 18. He he says this. Then the Lord said, it's not good for man to be alone. You're not supposed to be alone. I'll make you a helper that is just right for you. And, uh, Sometimes you would, someone would believe here, if you're married, you'd say, you know, I don't know if it's just right sometimes. It is just right. Problem is, most of the problem is, is you. And God is trying to, like sandpaper, trying to grind some things away at you. We are prideful people. We're going to talk about this next week. Man, it is good. God says it's not good for you to be alone. And yet we as Americans, more than any other culture in the world, More than any other culture in the world, we are isolating ourselves more and more and more. Deceiving ourselves to believe that we are in community when we scroll on Facebook. We are not in community. That is not conversation. Just because you learned about that someone got a new puppy doesn't mean you know what's going on in their life you know like they didn't put on Facebook how many times that dog crapped on the carpet this week you know what I'm talking about like like real life is happening and they put a picture of everything good and you don't know what's really going on God designed us for relationship it's not good for you to be alone 
This week, one of the things I want you to understand is, is that on Sundays, we want to find God. On Sundays, we want to find the Holy Spirit. On Sunday mornings, we want to create an atmosphere where lost people can, can get saved. On Wednesday nights, what we're doing is trying to create an atmosphere where we can live in community, have conversations about the Word of God. We can grow with each other where, where lost people get saved and then saved people get pastored, and we grow together. Tell me about your God. I have a question about that. That don't make sense to me. Well, there's a lot of things that I'm saying on a Sunday morning that don't make sense to you. But none of you raise your hand in the middle of the sermon and go, hey, Pastor, uh, I, don't, I don't think you said that right. Except some of you do tell me what I did not say right. And I, my wife appreciates that, but I don't really appreciate that. You're only supposed to tell me that I am the most anointed person you've ever heard. And uh, I say nothing wrong. Relationships. Listen, God values relationships. To God, relationships are good. They are good. They are good. It's not good that you'd be alone. And I'm telling you right now, I, I, I know this, that I know this, that I know this, that I know it doesn't matter how introverted you are. You're not going to grow on an island. You, you can have an encounter on an island, but you're supposed to share that with people. Like Moses didn't live on, on the mountain. He came down to be with people because that's where we're going to help other people. We want to make a difference in this world. And if we're going to make a difference, you got to do it with people. God has called you to community. Connect groups. This week, we're going to get to know each other more. We're going to develop this thing called relationships. We're going to make some people, ultimately, that we become friends with, and we like them. And they like us. And they help us, and we help them. And we do life together. Because God loves relationships. This is his kingdom. I don't know if you understand it. But God didn't, the, heaven is not yours. <laughs> it's not going to be you and him. It's going to be me and you and a lot of other people. And get used to community, Jack, because uh, we all got one big house. <laughs> it's a big, big house. <laughs> lots and lots of, we're all living together here, guys. I don't know if you know this. I love that kind of stuff. My wife is squirming right now. She's like, I don't want to live with a million other people. Like, yeah, everyone come live with the Brotons. Let's go. I'm just kidding. He loves relationships. And so some of you, I know that it's hard for you to have relationships with people. And when you step out of your comfort zone, God loves that. One of the other things that God loves is generosity. It's so big. He loves a cheerful giver. Let, 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 let me show you this. Remember, whoever sows sparingly, reaps sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give. Give whatever you decide. Not reluctantly, or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. He loves it. I, I, I know that this is weird and, and probably not Christian, but I, I think of it as like a turn on for God. When, when you get generous to people, it's attractive to him. You get his attention. I can't afford this, but this person needs it more than me. That is something that gets God's attention. He loves that. He loves that. He loves it. He loves it. Generosity is huge and not just giving money. Money is big because money is so important to you. God doesn't need your money. You need your money. And the reason why God wants you to give your money is because he wants you to know you don't need your money. Your money is a resource. That's all it is. America has made you feel like life is over without it. And you're going to do just fine, Jack. I promise. God loves Generosity of all kinds, when you serve, when you give. The reason why, you know how we're gonna make a difference? 
when we give, when we give of our finances, when we give of our time, when we give of our giftings. That's why this church is growing right now. So many of you are like, dude, how can I serve? How can I give back? Our church is like, I don't even know most of you right now. And I'm like, hey, who are you again? Thank you, nice meeting you. I'm glad you're here. Make yourself at home. Like, this is your home. And the more we serve, the more our relationships will grow, and the more we'll become a family. We'll get to know each other. We'll work together. It'll be good. God loves generosity. He loves it in different kinds. He loves it in the form of forgiveness. He loves it in the form of mercy. God loves mercy. When you give people a second chance, it's a godly, godly thing. It's super difficult to do. But Jesus said, if you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. And so when you give people another opportunity in life, it's a beautiful thing. And many of us, please understand, especially as an American, we are not citizens of of the United States of America. We are. We are citizens of heaven. And the idea is to look more like Jesus, more like Jesus, more like Jesus. When you give mercy, love, kind words, what you're doing is you're building other people up. This is an attractive, godly trait because this is what Jesus did. He gave his life to make us better. If you'll give your kind words to make someone else better, if you'll tell someone that is currently not as great as you, that they are great and that you do believe in them, if you'll give your resources to make their situation better, what you're doing is you're unselfish. It's what love is. Love is generous in every given way. I love what Mother Teresa said. You can, you, you can give without loving, but you cannot love without giving. How do you give? Deb, would you come? Today as we close, I want you to know that there are things that God says is good. And in your life, if you're trying to give, become more in love with God and you're trying to develop the relationship you have with God, you're gonna have to recognize that in your life, there are certain things that God says, hey, hey, that thing right there, more of that, more of that. Some of you just came to church and God's like, yeah, more of that. More, just do that a little bit more. Go to church a little bit more. Okay, now, now let's do church at home. Now let's do church in the car. Now let's do church with our family next to our children's bed. Now let's do church... Now it's not called church, it's called relationship. Let's have more relationship. Let's get to know each other more. I want you to know that God is saying two things to every person here. Some of us can't recognize the voice of God, but you can if you tune in. What it sounds like is first, come here. Second thing it sounds like is that's good. That's good. That's good. That's good. Some things are not good. That's what we're gonna talk about next week. But I want you to know that God is good and God gives good gifts and God loves us.